Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening to Honey and Hustle. We are a visual podcast that features conversations with small business owners, creative entrepreneurs, and those in the nonprofit community. We're so glad that we started sharing our podcast here on Anchor FM. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and it will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on all the major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you're listening to this right now, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Thank you to Blackology Coffee Company for sponsoring this video. Take 10% off your next order at Blackology Coffee Company by using the link at the description, www.blackologycoffeecompany.com backslash Angela. Hey everyone, my name is Angela. I'm here with Justin Foster on this episode of Honey and Hustle. Justin is joining us all the way Austin, Texas. He's an incredible thinker, an incredible mind, an incredible brand strategist. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear more of what he does with Root and River and his own personal brand, Foster Thinking. Justin, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you. Thank you. So I know a little bit about you and I want to introduce your unique approach to um, brand strategy and brand marketing and brand development um, for businesses. So can Mm -hmm. you tell me a little bit about your perspective on how businesses should approach branding number one, but also how you came to the realization of how you think of branding and its connection to our spiritual experience in life. Yeah, so Angela, great question. So the the first thing to understand that I think as far as like a principle of branding for, for myself and for my partner, my business partner, Emily with Root and River, is that branding is the only thing, brand is the only thing that connects all of the various pieces of an organization. Um, It's brand runs through everything because um, branding is about the humanity more than anything that that a brand is made up of, whether that's leadership team or staff or customers or vendors, partners, whatever. What we see a lot of is People, we see two kind of like, I would call them mistakes. One is, is that they do, they do branding last instead of first. So branding is having a root system. And I'll come back to that in a minute about who you are and what you want to be in the world. So that when in the winds of market conditions, you have some resiliency and some flexibility with how the market responds to you. The second mistake that we see business owners making, whether they be solo entrepreneurs all the way up to, you know, you know, heads of marketing or CEOs of bigger companies, is they try to, they try to, they, they treat branding as a step on the way to marketing. And so there's a, they kind of rush through it. They're like, all right, that's, they say good enough. That's a, that's good enough language. That's good enough slogan. And that's a good enough uh, pitch or whatever. And then they get, cause they're trying to get to the marketing. Um, because their motivation is, you know, leads or revenue or whatever, which is fine. 
but um, branding is slow and deep work. And that's why when you do it first, you don't have to do it again. You don't have to, and if, but if you do it later or you do it as part of a marketing initiative and you don't give it the time that it's due, then what happens is you're, you're kind of in this continual like campaign development, like identity crisis. You're, you're casting about waiting for the market to tell you who you are. Um, so we call this principle intrinsic branding which is somewhat of a dangerous and rebellious idea because um, intrinsic branding is the assumption that what's going on inside of you is your brand. So in a solo entrepreneur, that's your beliefs and your values and your convictions and your failures and your trauma, all the, all the, all the stuff that makes you you is part of the brand experience. And what we have been conditioned to believe largely due to, um, you know, traditional advertising models is, to have a certain image we want to be seen as or we want to come across as whatever and we say no to paraphrase john eldridge the who wrote wild at heart let the world feel the weight of who you are and let them figure it out um that takes courage it takes courage to be authentic it takes courage to say ah the things that I, it's basically it takes courage to own your story that this is my story and because part of that story is failure, it is trauma, it is suffering. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you do that, when you have the courage to take all, take your inner world and show it to the outer world, is then that's where trust is formed. And there's nothing like trust. That's the whole point of branding is the, the, the creation of bonds of trust. And the final thought here um, on at least this particular question you have is, most of us suffer, as most humans do, I mean, because it's part of our bio biological and social programming, is we suffer from a fear of rejection. Yes. So if the world's gonna reject you, make sure they reject who you really are. Because if they're rejecting who you're pretending to be, that's on you. You did that. You created this persona, this, this illusion, this construct. But show them you. And, and if they don't like it, that's okay. You know, it's okay not to be for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that good ending note because it ties in a lot of the things that you said. One, when you show up as your true self, that's definitely takes courage. It definitely takes vulnerability, but nothing in life is easy. And if you aren't willing to be vulnerable, it's going to be hard for you to connect with people on a genuine level. Mm -hmm. Right. Number one. And number two, is that when you show up as yourself authentically every day, every time as a business, as a person, um, you're not gonna be for everybody, mm -hmm. but not everybody is your ideal client. I think no. a lot of times brands, or at least like what we know to be brands from bigger corporations, they try to have this like model or message that fits the majority of people, right? but the majority of people aren't going to be like <laughs> shopping at your business so you right. should be trying to yes like not be exclusionary but yes be inclusive to people who are going to connect with you as you are you know mm -hmm. because when things happen and you have to pick a side based on your convictions mm -hmm. in life in culture because brands are not and businesses do not operate mm -hmm. you know outside of culture mm -hmm. outside of society you know, that's when you start getting into trouble because you have not fully established and articulated well what your brand values are, what your business values are. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I think there's um, there's a lot of pressure on businesses to modify what they are in order to support their revenue model. Um, but there are so many models, there's so many more models uh, of success, if you will, of brands that stick to their convictions. Sometimes they're social convictions like Nike. That Nike's, Nike's support of uh, racial, you know, ending systemic racism is not new. They've had, they've been involved in that for years. Now, have they had their own issues overseas with their factories and things? Yeah, but they fixed it, they corrected it. Um, or you look at Southwest, who Southwest doesn't necessarily make a social stand, but they stick to their convictions about what they think is important in business. And that's why we call what we do, you know, we call this element of your brand, your values, your mission, your purpose, your standards, your um, experiences that got you here. We call that your root system. Because if you have a deep root system, you can, you can grow up and down at the same time. If you don't have a deep root system, it's going to be like uh, the you know the, the the story in the Bible of the sower and the seed. You know, it's it's the, the, when the seed falls on shallow soil, there's no way to have any root system, and then the market comes along, and then what will happen is you'll go into survival mode, and now we're modifying. Now we're like, well, we can't say that. We might offend these people, and um, or we or you know or you or you wait like I said, you wait for the market to tell you what who you are, and they never will. They never will. Not to, not to your not, not to your benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you are the co-founder of Rootin River, but you also have just kind of uh, your own brand through foster thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And so occasionally on Instagram, I'll see that you'll post kind of you know your thoughts, your journaling, your writing, your musings. And sometimes that's you know original thoughts, sometimes it's expired by maybe something that you've read. Mm -hmm. um in your reaction to that mm -hmm. um so through those writings you kind of explore a lot of different elements of humanity of introspection um and just how i don't know i guess to me when i read them i think of just how they influence how you show up in the world every day um and one thing i guess i've done for a while on some degree not daily but is journaling mm -hmm. um so can you i guess talk about how putting things to paper, continually learning to who you are and how you show up in the world, how that can be beneficial from a brand strategy perspective in terms of continuing to anchor those roots that you talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, great question, another great question. So. I think that, um, I mean, this is bigger picture. This is really transcending business or, or brand or anything is that um, the, our, 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 one of our first um, charters uh, to be a whole human is to know who we are. You know, the ancient, you know, the oldest motivational quote known <laughs> that we know of, which is know thyself, which was on the Delphi temple in Greece. Um, and contem contemplativeness is how you get to know yourself. And here's the thing about it, but we're always evolving. So really what journaling does, and then I'll make the linkage to the, the, to the, to the brand, the journaling allows you to, it allows you, it's like similar to meditation. It, it puts you in the observer seat. 
we think back to like the journals where journaling came from was sort of a documenting of the experience. Um, and, um, and so when, when you do that, when you do that on a consistent basis, what you're doing is you're operating, you're beginning to learn to operate from your core self. I think that without contemplation, and this is where it goes into brands, you operate from what is in you know, psychology referred to as your parts. So you create, you create these parts to kind of survive in the world and to make it in the world. And you, you think that's who you are. You think that's reality. You think that you are the label you chose for yourself and you're disconnected from your core self. And when you do that, there's a, a thinness or a, um, a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like a cheapness to what you're putting out into the world. It, it comes across as pop art. The brand comes across as pop art, where, or it looks like uh, hotel art. <laughs> you know, like no one ever remembers a piece of painting necessarily they saw in a hotel because they're not designed for that. It's designed to hang on the wall and kind of fit the theme. Well, when you when you are in your core self, you will brand from your core self and you will brand to the core self of others which means that because you're doing inner work it's increasing your connection to your own heart it's increasing your empathy and your compassion it's your, your tolerance your grace for yourself and others then you can relate to people in the world uh, as a brand on a much deeper level than the surface stuff the surface stuff like fear uncertainty and doubt like just or people that are um, like uh, the term I, I, I thought of this the other day, that peace of mind is a marketing term. Peace of mind is not real. Um, our minds are always, because our minds are designed for problem solving. Um, and so peace of mind is a marketing term to make us feel better so we buy something from somebody. Well, that's what, when you're operating in your core self, which is what contemplative does, whether that be journaling, meditation, prayer, some sort of ritual, it doesn't, it ultimately doesn't matter. If you are, if you're in the observer seat of your inner world, you're going to show up so differently as a brand, whether you're a solo brand or a you know a larger organization. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing you kind of touched on was marketing, right? So branding mm -hmm. is a part of marketing in a lot of ways. It influences marketing continuously throughout your journey as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. Um, so in a lot of ways, I think one of the transformative moments for me in my business was when I started to think of myself less as a photographer, less as a videographer, and more so as a marketing company who just mm -hmm. so happens to do XYZ. Mm -hmm. um, and when I started to think of myself that way, I think my mind shifted in terms of the services that I offered, and it shifted in terms of how I approach social media and how I approach displaying myself in, my, in what I do to the world, right? Mm -hmm. So in terms of when you're speaking with businesses about branding or when someone is thinking about how they are going to develop their brand in order to um, attract the right people to their mm -hmm. business, um, what are some ways that you encourage them to think about displaying themselves to the world? Yeah. Um, well, the first is more thinking in terms of marketing as a practice. Um, assuming it, well, let's back up. So branding is how other people experience what you believe. That's our definition of a brand. 
Um, and marketing is just essentially simply having conversations. I mean, that's ultimately what we're trying to do is have conversations. And so you can almost reverse engineer to your question, Angela, about what doesn't work or what will cause like friction or um, less effective. Um, and one is inconsistency, is being inconsistent. Um, and inconsistency will show up in content. It'll show up in a client experience. Um, and the, the, the more inconsistent you are, the more um, you, you are slipping, you're drifting into irrelevancy. Um, so that's the first thing is be consistent. Um, the second thing is you have to continually go to the edge. Branding is not done from a safe place. Um, branding is not done from a safe place. You don't really build a brand from a safe place. You build a brand from the edge because the brand is the, the edge of the evolutionary cycle of your, of you or your organization. It's the first mover. It's the first thing that emerges is the brand, like the presence, the energy. So sitting back and being cautious, um, about your brand is, is about your brand is going to lead to drift and it's going to lead to issues. And then, then the last one is more specific to marketing is rigidity saying, this is our one year plan and this is what we're going to execute on. Or I've chosen this marketing stack. I'm going to do these five things consistently and, but the market doesn't respond to them. And now you're, but you're stuck in the rigidity of just trying to do more of what doesn't work. And so one of our principles, when we teach the marketing aspect of what we do is experiment. Try small things, try, it's so much better to try a thousand or a hundred or 10 small things than one big thing when it comes to marketing. Like, um, don't put all your money in a Super Bowl ad, <laughs> you know, like um, there's lots of evidence that shows that doesn't work for companies that do like pony up a couple million dollars to, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have the effect. Um, and there's some always some equivalency to the Super Bowl ad. It's like, okay, I'm going to hire someone to do click funnels for me, or I'm going to do Facebook ads, or I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever. Um, it's important to keep in mind that if you're paying for attention, there's something wrong with your brand. There's something off. Now, if you're paying for one-time attention because you're doing a launch, that's different. But if if all your lead generation is coming off of out of new clients that are finding you through SEO or whatever, th there's not a lot of business models where that's not a problem. Um, so I saw there's an AT&T ad, which I find their ads to be pedantic and, and silly, um, but they're talking and in there, they say something like, it's this wrong number and that this guy gets and he tells him all about this new AT&T offering and and uh, and one of the one of the actors that's playing an AT&T employee she goes oh that's word of mouth that's what and she looks at the camera and goes that's what we did before advertising i want to write a letter to the CMO of AT&T and be like that's bull crap that's not that's not true word of mouth is the holy grail of, of marketing it's not a byproduct of the fact that you don't have an ad budget it's like how condescending is that so yeah yeah i agree with that i think that's like the weirdest thing i think word of mouth is always going to be like your biggest or should be i guess your biggest like bringer of people to your business if not repeat clients i don't right. yeah I don't right know. 
and, and, and I, we get this, like, um, it'll be, it'll be something along the lines of like, oh, you know, I don't really do any marketing other than, oh, like just word of mouth. And I'm like, great. What a huge <laughs> advantage. Um, I think, I think too, that smaller, like solo entrepreneurs or small business owners are inundated with bad information about what good marketing is. Um, and so one of the tips that I remind people of when, is when you know who you are, you know who you are and you have the root system, you can essentially do marketing, do any marketing tactic that you have the energy for, like in, you have it right, you have, you have energy for it. If you don't have energy for it, it doesn't mean not to do it. It just means I, I, I get suspicious because if you know who you are, your soul kind of tells you where to go. And so, and also organize around your strength. You like shooting video, you like writing, you like, um, you know, helping with the client experience, whatever your thing is as an entrepreneur that you really love to do, do keep doing that. That's gonna bear a lot more fruit than trying to grind through a marketing plan that is, just makes you sad and frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this, um, I guess like just to tie this all up, um, so, for people watching, me and Justin actually recorded this episode previously um, when he was in Portland. So this is kind of a redo, and I don't even remember what we said in that episode. Either, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but there is something that I wanted to touch on in that conversation and in our original conversation where we just kind of got to know each other. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm fairly new to being an entrepreneur, fairly new to being a business owner. I just have... Um, I guess like in a lot of ways set out on faith and now I'm full-time mm -hmm. self-employed and this is what I do all the day and I'm blessed to be able to do that and have my mm -hmm. bills paid and like not really mm -hmm. hurt for anything and continue to see growth and success in my business but um, one thing that Justin made me realize and that I have realized too is that I started like I said four years ago I really didn't start shooting photography until 2015 so all of this is fairly fairly new to me mm -hmm. um and it's not something i know i want to do for like my whole life mm -hmm. um and when i was mentioning this to justin he said well i think it's this is a case where your passion has met your purpose right and i'm very big on one being a purpose-driven entrepreneur and that's in everything like if i'm going to do something in marketing that i haven't done it's like what purpose is this serving mm -hmm. if i'm going to set a goal for myself i have to be honest with myself about what purpose is this serving mm -hmm. because if it doesn't have a purpose it's just wasted energy and i'm just going to be like burnt mm -hmm. out from it mm -hmm. um but for people out there who are maybe coming to terms with the fact that their passion is approaching their purpose in life and they are for whatever reason, still afraid or unsure of how they should dive in head first, which I feel like is the best way to do it, is just to go for it, just take a running start and just see mm -hmm. where you end up um, because nothing is gonna be perfect when you start. Mm -hmm. What is your advice for people who are still, I guess trying to work through that, number one, and also try to develop a brand around something that they're still gaining confidence in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... So a couple of thoughts come up there is um, it, it, the most of the, 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 the your 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 enemy or the villain in the story is fear, um, and and Pema Chodron, uh, the Buddhist monk, refers to talking about we need to become intimate with fear, and 
I think that's so entrepreneurs, uh, especially um, American entrepreneurs, where the American culture is about sort of like sunny optimism, like, you know, like everything. How are you doing? Great. You know, like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of pressure on Americans to say that everything's great or fine. Um, it like, and is, you know, like, you know, when someone says, well, I'm actually scared out of scared to death right now, like that's jarring to people. Um, so, um, it, so the first thing is if you're afraid, you want to examine the source of the fear because the fear is a learned response prior, probably almost always related to a past trauma. Now it could, so it could be that maybe if you grew up, like I grew up poor. So I had this thing, which is that life was hard. Life was hard. And no matter how hard you work, you were still going to have bad luck. And, and so I had this kind of negative view of a very negative view of like the, the, the result of something. So there was a fear behind that. Um, and so examining the fear and understanding its roots and everything and understanding too, that the fear will never go away, um, because it's part of our ego and it's all it's trying to do is keep us alive, keep us in the tribe and keep us alive. It's just, that's its biological role. But so, so the best entrepreneurs are not fearless. That's not true. The best entrepreneurs are intimate with fear and they understand fear. They've recalibrated it. The second is to, is to, um, this this uh, building confidence is is confidence is inner work first um if you know who you are and you're owning your story and you are doing that inner work that we talked about earlier the natural um aroma of that work is confidence um now there's a certain amount of confidence that comes from you know like gladwell's 10,000 hours just through competence but it's confidence is not the only kind of confidence. The other kind of confidence is a deep owning, deep loving of who you really are in the world. Um, and understanding that inside of each human is a, is a, is a, a, a priceless, precious, unrejectable uh, part. And if you do the work to get there, you can, you will be so resilient and resilient makes you confident. It's like, wow. You know, it's like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. You know, there's an element of that. Like, wow, I can take a punch. Like that didn't work at all, but I did it anyway. Um, and so I think those are some of the factors like examining why you have a fear response, examining where it comes from. I often say this too, is that is, is the, the, as an entrepreneur, as a solo entrepreneur, you're close to the wobble. So I say close to the wobble and like you see somebody that's uh, uh, running downhill or they're riding a bike really, really fast and all of a sudden they start to wobble. Um, you're, that's, you're really close to that wobble. Like if you have a bigger company, you can sort of distribute the wobble. Um, and, and so you really need to know who you are in this process so that when the wobble comes, you can self-correct. Um, that's really, really important to understand that you're, you're going to get wobbly. You're going to have days where you feel like an imposter or what that's going to happen, but just keep returning to the story, keep returning to why you're doing this and you'll be good.
you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I also would say, just as a little thought that comes up here too, Angela, is decide the boldest move and then talk yourself out of it. Don't decide the safest move and talk yourself into it. That doesn't work. Decide the boldest move and then try to red, you know, it's the term in the military is red team it. Try to talk yourself out of it. Like, oh, I can't do that. You know, and maybe you can't, but at least you started from the boldest move. Yeah, yeah. I like that advice. It's like a, on some level version of dream big. It's like do the thing that's like, what if, I guess like one question that I've asked myself a couple of times is like, if this went extremely well, what would I consider to be this going extremely well beyond my current expectations of what I think I can achieve? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then um, go from there. And that goes back to contemplation and, and contemplative practices that one of the things that is part of our core self is curiosity. We're all creators. We all have an imagination. Unfortunately, most people's imagination has been hijacked by the ego and they use it as like worst case scenario planning. And it doesn't mean to be brash and not have good judgment and things like that. But when you're doing contemplative work and, and you are expressing some of it creatively, like you're doing your writing or you're painting or you're making, you're, you, when you're doing the things that, that, um, that, that, that learning to exercise your imagination gives you a little bit of traction for when you do to sit down and go, okay, what's the boldest thing I could do here? Um, and I would say, look at it across the board. You got to, I mean, you, like you said earlier, businesses are operating, they're not separate from society. Well, a solar entrepreneur, your self-care, your business and your relationships, which are basically the big three are not they're interdependent, but they're not independent of each other. So you look at the whole thing. It's like, well, what's the boldest thing I could do for myself? What's the boldest thing I could do regarding my key relationship? Um, and if you're willing to make bold decisions for your self care and for your relationships, it's a, just a lot easier to make bold decisions for your business because you're kind of used to it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that analogy and that is very true for me as well. Like, you have to have self in the equation somewhere. And that's a good place to start. And it's mm -hmm. really the only place to start because mm -hmm. people, even if like people you have really close relationships with see something in you and see that you could be successful, you have to know that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you have to mm -hmm. go on that journey of self-discovery and self-confidence um, in order to realize that success. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I know. Thank you so much for sharing that with me and sharing that with all the people watching this right now. So you're welcome. You're welcome. I, I think that, um, um, a couple other little nuggets as we wrap up here is don't listen to unhappy people. Um, don't trust people that talk about their stuff. Um, uh, if, if you are, if you're not sure what to do, if you're in the valley of indecision, return to your story, return to what am I here to do that only I can do. Um, just return to the story. It's easy to drift off and get away from the story, return to your story. And then, um, ask for help. There's so much help out there. So many resources for, from like this podcast to um, 
you know, organizations that, you know, like incubate, you know, university incubators and, um, and uh, mentoring groups and, um, you know, books and blogs and is, is don't let arrogance prevent you from being a perpetual student of all this. Um, nobody really has it figured out. I got some things figured out. The only thing I ultimately have figured out is I know how to love. That's it. Everything else, I'm just guessing, <laughs> like across the board. But I know how to love. I know how to give and receive love. Um, and that, to me, is like, well, that's the whole point here. Um, that's yeah. the whole point of being, you know, as Mary Oliver, the poet, said, what are you going to do with this one precious life? Well, if in this one precious life you don't learn how to love, and that love doesn't show up in the way that you love you, and you love your 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 friends and family, and you love your clients, and you love the work you do, then some, then when love is missing, it's all mostly just folly. Um, so those are kind of uh, men with gray beard um, <laughs> bits of advice. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we welcome all advice on this show. We are not Thank discriminating yeah, right. at all. Yeah. It's been awesome. Thank you so much again Thank for you, joining. Angela. Thanks for the great questions. You're really good at this. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I appreciate the compliment. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Talk to you later.